Hi and welcome everybody to the People Champion Podcast, a podcast designed for innovation-driven HR professionals in Kenya and Africa at large. Our conversations here are centered around three key pillars, technology and innovation, culture and organization building, and people development. My name is Pilin Kasar. I have been in the HR tech space for the last four years, and I'm currently working at the People Company as the head of community development, and I am super excited to be hosting this podcast today. We are going to be engaging in what I would consider to be one of the most important conversations that leaders and organizations should have in this day and age. And that is particularly on why HR needs a seat at the table. My guest today is the current group head of HR at Anvil Shield Holdings Limited, a group of companies with different business lines in financial and the fintech space in general. She has over nine years of experience in the HR space, cutting across various functions such as organization development, stakeholder engagement, policy development, project management, payroll management, and strategy, and also providing multidisciplinary support within HR. She not only has experience in building out and setting up HR departments from scratch, but also has led her team in the automation of HR processes, introduced performance management strategy, and strategically led a team in the process of standardization within their group of companies. She is currently the People Pillars Champion for the Anvil Strategy for the year 2022 to 2026, tasked with implementation of People Strategic Initiatives. Beatrice Sigay, wow. Karibusana to the show. We are so honored to have such a powerhouse in our show today. Thank you. How has your day been? My day has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the busy schedules that we tend to get used to over time, we always mm-hmm. make time to ensure that uh, we enjoy. And definitely it's a Friday. So Fridays are easy days <laughs> for me. <laughs> I would say that, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so honored to have you on the show. And I'd just like to begin by drawing from your experience as a leader. And I'd love to know from you what some of the misconceptions that people have when it comes to HR. Uh, Great. So I think when it comes to HR, the biggest misconception that is there is uh, it being viewed as a support office, Mm -hmm. support in terms of uh, waiting to be at the tail end. Of, um, of a decision or being able to just execute an instruction. Um, so when it comes to support, um, we just looked at um, not being able to engage at a high level, but being at the tail end of, of, um, of a process or being viewed as people who hire and fire. I think that is also the biggest <laughs> uh, <laughs> misconception that people have because anytime um, you meet people who probably have not uh, really engaged or, or taken their time to understand what HR is all about, they just know you, you are there to hire and mm-hmm. maybe fire, which is a big misconception. So that aspect of support uh, being seen as just people to bring in people and and fire has been the longest um, narrative or a misconception that we really need to to change. And I'm happy that uh, most of the conversations around HR, there is a shift in terms of the angle in which it is um, taking. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was introduced to HR uh, with that function, just hiring and 
very inspiring and also the administrative side of it. And what I'm also hearing is that, you know, HR is often character, character, categorized as a behind the scenes of behind the scenes operation that does not really have direct impact on the health of an organization. What, what do you think brought about this false characterization? All right. So for me, I would say um, that aspect of um, it being in the longest time, HR was always structured for support and admin tasks. Even when you're doing our studies, most of what you're taken through is the structural, structural aspect of um, delivering HR. So you know there's a process, you have to move from point A to B, and um, it becomes routine and almost predictable. So if you are to look at tasks that um, go within uh, HR and administrative function or any HR uh, office, you would not even draw a line between an HR personnel and an mm -hmm. office manager, for example. And you'll find that um, some offices that don't have a HR function, they tend to dump that either to an office administrator, you're told, who is handling the HR functions, you go to office admin. So office admin becomes the person at the reception. At the same time, they're trying to handle a few uh, aspects uh, to do with the people. Yet there's no uh, presence or well-structured um, HR function maybe within the organization. So that that view of back office and coming into the picture at the tail end and narrowed down to only activities touching on the staff, there's very little conversation around aligning HR initiatives to the business strategy. And I feel um, that is what probably has really contributed to that perception sticking uh, for a while. And uh, sometimes... Uh, making us also struggle to really bring some agendas to the table because of that view. If you look at um, functions like um, business development or finance that have a direct impact on the business, the, 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 the view or how they would be handled in an organizational setup is quite different. But when it comes to HR, just because for the longest time you've been seen as a back office person, then that aspect has really, really stuck for so long. And it's something that, again, as I said, we need to change that particular narrative and shift towards ensuring that we are driving initiatives that are gearing towards strategy and really, really trying to influence those um, decision makers in terms of seeing the importance of HR um, at the strategy level. Well, and I, I love that we are having this particular conversation at this particular time. And maybe from your nine years of experience, I'd really love to know how you have seen the HR function evolve. Like just from a personal level, have you seen it transition in uh, from like, you know, what you have just said right now from the administrative functions? Have you seen it grow uh, from that space? Yes, I would say a big yes to that because at the onset when um, I was given the task to initiate the HR department, First of all, I didn't have any experience. I was just from school, having cleared uh, my master's degree. And uh, the, the, the opportunity came along um, to set up the department. I had no clue how to go about it, apart from the, um, the classroom aspect of understanding HR and what I just learned from college. So taking up the challenge was um, more geared towards um, figuring out how to come up with the HR policies figuring out how to ensure that functions are aligned to the business when you are smaller, 
but then again, not with the so much um, experience and exposure. So over time, as the company has grown, we've equally evolved in terms of our um, processes and uh, being able to align most of the processes for HR into now ensuring that it's speaking into the business objectives. And I'll give an example of um, some of the processes that we've really championed to ensure that they are standard. Uh, one was, of course, um, the recruitment process. Um, back then, when I was starting off HR, I would not really comprehend even why I'm doing the hire. It's just about getting someone you've just been referred. Those um, nitty-gritties on understanding a process or why are you doing it was not a normal conversation at that particular period. But as an individual and having uh, done um, now the practice and being able to learn from other uh, successful HR practitioners, you'll find that over time we've, we've transformed the processes to the point where now we have um, standard processes that cut across uh, the group of companies. So if let's say I'm doing um, hiring in one entity, it will not deviate much or rather it will not deviate in terms of either if it's an onboarding process, um, if you're exiting someone, if it's things to do with disciplinary, there's a structured way of now doing things compared to what how I started off in terms of uh, setting up the department. The other thing that was a major win was um, automation. And uh, automation of HR processes made our work easier in terms of having that centralized approach of managing our processes. So all the core functions right now for HR, including like uh, leave management, uh, things to do with the payroll, they are all centralized in terms of um, just the standard process. And you don't need to have um, to keep on consulting on how to go about it. Any member that probably sits in the team or is a manager, they are aware about the process. And we, 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 we strive to ensure that we are also educating them on how we do some of these things so that there's that uh, standard aspect. Um, so automation for me um, has been a very good um, milestone uh, because it, it, it made uh, operations within the HR department and within the organization seamless. Um, the other thing is basically to just ensure now that um, building uh, like a strategic plan for HR, that is not a conversation that was there when it started a few years back. But uh, right now, we'll not engage on any initiative if there's no goal that we intend to achieve. And of course, progressively monitoring the same and having put in the performance measures to be able to just track how are we doing, either as a department, as an individual, as an organization. So for me, where I started off as a department back then, I would say the, the bigger part was more of the traditional aspect. But right now, we are still moving now. And of course, our aim is to ensure that we also uh, achieve the agility and match the industry standards as we continue to grow. First of all, I must commend you on, you know, all your efforts uh, from right from building out the department from scratch to all the things that you've been able to influence in your organization. And I, I do not want to preempt the next question, but I really have to ask uh, to now just get into the conversation for the day. And it's really about why HR needs a seat at the table. And I'd love to know from you. Just generally what it means to have a seat at the table. I know it's 
uh, a space that is overly used. But I'd really like to understand from your perspective what it exactly means to have a seat at the table for the HRs. Great. Um, I think when, when that comes about or when that discussion always um, comes to mind, uh, first is to acknowledge the fact that um, we have emerging trends globally that have greatly um, advised or influenced also how we do things when it comes to how we look at the business. So um, those, some of those trends that are, we've, we've been able to embrace um, uh, based on the best practice, it brings out strongly the aspect of strategic thinking across all functions in an organization. So for me, the key thing there is the fact that the organization is shifting into the, towards the strategic thinking. So for HR, definitely there must be a shift towards aligning your HR initiatives and all the activities surrounding your operations to support that business, right from when you're attracting talent, developing and retaining. And I think for me, those are the three key pillars. When you talk about uh, HR, you look at the, the attraction of talent. What are you selling out there to bring this person on board? Once this person is on board, how are you developing these people? And definitely looking at now the retention and the retention majorly lies on what the business is doing to ensure that these people are, 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 are being kept for longer or even if they leave an, an organization after some time, they live better than uh, when they joined. And you having tapped into the value addition that they were able to, to bring about. So being at the table for HR means being able to articulate issues at the strategy level and creating synergy within the organization. And my reasoning is, is that when, you, when, when those issues are articulated at the strategy level, it means you're bringing into light aspects that to ideally touch on the people. So sometimes it may not be embraced entirely from the onset, but the fact that there's that presence and those, that those discussions are happening is the first step. And for me now, basically that's how I view being um, at the table. Having a space where you're able to just sit, articulate issues, push initiatives, and constantly do a follow-up on getting the buy-in and trying to change a few years because it's equally a journey. Uh, you don't get a transformation over um, like a snap. It has to be a journey where you, you're able to plant the idea and constantly talk about it too to see the results. You know, I feel like you have touched on a very critical role that HR plays uh, in any organization. Now, which really leads me to wonder, uh, why, why doesn't HR get a seat at the table? Would you say that there is no seat at the table currently for the average HR person? Um, to, to a larger extent, we are still at the level where, in terms of presence, we are not yet uh, fully present or fully heard. Very, uh, most of the organizations um, tend to also capitalize or put consideration to functions that have a direct business impact. Like I gave previously an example of like finance and BD. But recently, and the shift that is also coming is uh, depending on maybe also on the organization setup and maybe the engagements that the HR people have had with the organization, you'll find that there's that shift because um, even with the trends that are with, uh, within the, the industry and globally, 
um, employees right now are more geared towards the value proposition that you will table for them. So in as much as I'll be able to attract good talent, what are some of the value propositions that would add value to the employee in terms of um, them seeing the need to work with an organization? So if, if, if let's say the presence for HR in an organization at the top level is not being felt or is not being appreciated, the trickle effect comes on even the employee behavior because there will not be that synergy and there will be a disconnect on what the business desires, what it expects of the employees and what is really happening um, on the ground. So I would say um, right now there's that aspect of um, embracing HR and having been in the practice for the last nine years, personally, I feel that particular shift even where I am because um, right now you're able to bring conversations to the table where you would know very well you're pushing an agenda that may or um, may not uh, bear fruit at that particular time, but you realize that after a while, then the conversation becomes normal. So I would say it, it depends on also the organization, um, the level of growth on which the organization is at. And of course, now that aspect of HR being not, not being looked at as a support function anymore. The moment you, the, uh, an organization is able to appreciate the role HR has is because it has seen the effect it has on people and just the people behavior because conversations always go around within the organization and that feedback has a way of even getting back to the top manager. So when you don't do something about it, then the employee behavior is bound to do the communication for you. Right. Yeah. So, and I think I'd like us to talk a little bit more about the, you know, the critical role that HR plays in a company's bottom line. But be, before we get there, I, I wonder, could it be that many HR leaders haven't de demonstrated an intimate understanding of the business or an ability to focus their teams on spearheading initiatives that create, you know, the value for these organizations? Would you say that is one of the cases or, or not? Yes, I would say one of it can be that from that perspective. And that would, um, would primarily speak where... Um, the, the person in HR is not actively interested on what is happening in the business. So when you're not showing that initiative, when you're not also making the effort to understand why the business exists or why are you there in the first place, then it becomes a challenge to even align your own thinking to what the business does. Uh, when you don't show initiative or interest on what the business does, then you'll find yourself not being involved or not being consulted when decisions are being made, including even touching on people, because that aspect of lack of interest. So for me, for HR, they, we should be at the front line in terms of understanding what the business does. I think that is the first step of uh, trying to make your presence felt and also ensuring that whatever you articulate in the long run will be bought by the top management. So that aspect for me, if you find a HR that doesn't understand what the business does, then it's bound to happen, just like any other business leader. But on the contrary, someone who can walk through the journey 
you don't have to be in BD to understand what BD wants. Yeah. You don't have to be in finance to understand basics to do with the posting. Because from your department perspective, you should be able to also relate to how do you manage your HR costs. And for you to manage your HR costs, then you must be involved in aspects like budgets. Budgets come from the projections of the business. What profitability do you look at? When you're putting in initiatives like, let's say, rewards, there must be that aspect in the budget from the onset. So if you're not interested in what is happening in the business, then you're bound to be left out. But when you're interested and when you give your professional input on why you need that to be there, then you find that some of those ideas and activities are slowly uh, bought. And then the other thing, the other win is also engagement. You can have well-written policies, you can have well-documented processes, but if people don't understand their role in those processes, then it becomes difficult. And I think that's another challenge that we face um, from HR, where let's say a simple process like recruitment, you'll mm -hmm. find a HOD um, maybe does not understand why they need to be part of the recruitment process simply because of the perception that this task is for HR. But when you look at the real impact it has on the business, for you to be able to get the right um, talent or the right person for the job, then that line manager or a head of department must really understand what this person is coming to do and align the expectation so that the process for bringing in talent becomes uh, seamless. Well, I, I love what you've said. It speaks to, you know, the importance of just um, having HRs understand the organizational issues that are currently, uh, that affect the organization and participating yeah, in solving them. And maybe we could, we could at this point just uh, delve deeper on some of the economic benefits uh, of HRs sit at the table. I, I'd really love for you, for you to touch on that as well. Okay. So when it comes to like the economic benefits for HR being at the table, I think for me, uh, one, I would look at um, the impact it has on uh, like the profitability of a company, for example. Mm -hmm. So when, 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 the, when, the, when the HR initiatives are aligned with the HR strategy and there's good engagement within the organization, the expected output would be an increased employee engagement and productivity. And when there's that aspect of an improved productivity within an organization, then definitely it will have an impact in terms of the, the, the profitability of that particular company. And which I feel this is the number one desire for every CEO that runs, either it's a small company, a big company, a multinational, or any business that you have. So pushing to have an agenda that will be able to align people to understand why they are there. It's not only the fact that you've got an employment and it ends there. It's for you to understand the reason why your role aligns to the profitability of a company. And when, when, when a company achieves that, then of course there's an improved um, aspect even in terms of uh, the growth. And we look at that aspect in terms of the spillover it also has in the industry. Uh, people become the market leaders like in an industry. And the market leaders is not only on profitability, but also on the reputation and the brand building. Because people speak well about an organization 
simply because of the experience that they have. And of course, that earns it some form of um, recognition, if I would say, and um, being able to champion. Um, the bottom line of most um, successful organizations and which we, we ben- benchmark with a lot and we always strive to borrow the best practice, when you narrow down to their biggest win, they talk about people, yeah? And being able to um, properly align um, things that touches on the people um, development, things to do with welfare and all that. So for me, I would look at, for a company to really, really talk about profitability, you cannot rule out the element of people contribution. And again, for organizations that have recognized that its success is behind the people, then you'll realize that in as much as it was probably predominantly under the traditional aspect of HR, there's that effort to try and change the perspective and how they do things. And that's how slowly now HR comes to the seat. And it definitely will also have um, impact on the performance of the business. Oh, I love that. You know, I, I certainly believe that HR is the glue that keeps the organizations together in cohesion. So, you know, but there are different types of organizations. You clearly know that. I wonder, do you think the importance of HR sit at the table cuts across all organization types? That's a good one. Um, <laughs> it is a good one, yes. Um, for me, I would look at it from the perspective of saying it variates. But the common connection there, irrespective of the situation, is the people agenda and how it affects the business success. So it may vary, but there's always a common connector when you when you bring the discussion on on HR. So when 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 critical or pertinent questions in that in the area surrounding people are addressed, then it is easier to navigate, um, including being able to handle both positive and negative feedback let's say even on employee experiences. But in my view, for business success, it is important to continue having discussions around improving the employee value proposition. So irrespective of um, what organization think or, or really trying to cut across, I would say it variates. There are those organizations that have really aligned well in terms of creating the HR presence. There's, there are organizations that are far behind on even recognizing HR, including the perception it has on now, in your having like board engagements, HR is not anywhere in the picture. For example, when no. you're doing strategy um, formulation, HR is not anywhere, but you still expect people to execute your strategy. And yet from the top uh, aspect, they've not been aligned from the word go. So it variates. But the, the the common connector there is the people. And of course, uh, my call is also like when you're a child practitioner, irrespective mm-hmm. of the circumstance you find yourself in, you start try to find a way of normalizing conversations around people and push as much as you can because that's the reason why you're there. And as I said, you may not get the 100% support from the initial stage, but when you pitch a concept, or an initiative, with time, it bears fruit. And for me, that's, I've seen that happen over time. Wow. All right. So I, I think I really love when you, you know, also draw from your experiences as well. And 
I know you've talked about Anvil and just how you've been able to grow in the, your HR role there. I would want to know from your experience working as a HR, how it has been with an organization that you'd say considered HR in all major decisions and strategic planning, like you talked about as well. Okay, thank you. So I think uh, uh, on my end, I'd be lucky to say that I've been in an organization that um, has considered HR in most of the decisions and, of course, uh, the strategic planning. And uh, one thing that I'll draw from my experience is that aspect of being able to get support on initiative and change processes. So as I said, this journey is not a walk in the park. It doesn't come easy and you don't get um, to achieve what you desire uh, just from the blues. It, it, it's, it's being able to articulate and seek the necessary support, of course, you being able to, to push for those agendas and supporting with facts. Because um, for a business, this is how I look at it. We are out of the era where you would, let's say, do a report for recruitment and just say, I took 30 days to hire. Um, and then, or say, I, in this month, I've lost five employees. That is not, that would not give you um, weight when you're trying to bring or show the impact that it has on a business. But if you took it on a different angle, like um, showing, yes, the quantitative aspect, let's say you say, this is, this is, this is how much time I've taken to hire. And this is because I've gotten support from the business on maybe the, the hiring channels. We have a hiring channel on an automated process. It has re reduced our TAT. Uh, you've been able to engage the, the different uh, process owners on them understanding why they need to be there. And you see, like, when, when you link your quantitative output to the effect it has on a process or the business, then it makes sense. If you look at, let's say, a separation cost, you're not only looking at how many people left. We are trying to, to show the business why the cost for separation is high and we need to do something about it. So when, when, when that angle is introduced um, and the impact is shown on the business, then you're bound to get ideas or, or twist the conversation towards what do we need to do? Because if you're losing, let's say, great talent, and you really felt that we would have kept them if we changed a certain perspective, then show that and bring it to the table in terms of the conversation. So for me, the, 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 the other thing is basically being able to really articulate issues affecting an organization that, pre, that people bring out. So as I said, it may be the positive feedback or um, the negative feedback based on the employee experiences, but in our space, uh, we should be able to align both aspects, and uh, I don't shy away from giving feedback on, let's say, an exit interview or mm -hmm. an analysis on why somebody left. Um, I don't shy away in um, initiating engagements that would sometimes lead to uncomfortable conversations. Um, let's say we're in a setup where the culture is not very favorable. Uh, would, if, we, if we shy away from engaging our pain points, then it becomes harder to try and articulate issues um, of course, there's also the other aspect of aligning HR processes to the people and the systems. So for me, being able to get that particular support and um, constantly learning and engaging the best practices and trying to change the organization has been a big um, 
achievement for me and also a very good learning ground, um, especially when I look at where we are now and where we were back then when we started off the, the particular journey. So when, when, when HR is involved in um, decision-making and uh, the strategic plan, it also pushes us to ensure that these initiatives are really happening. And I would, I would put it this way, when, when, when an organization draws out its strategic plan, each pillar has uh, like a champion or initiatives that are pegged to it. And these initiatives um, are cascaded down up to the point where you'll be able to measure the KPIs either for our own or for an organization. So if, if, if HR does not understand what the business wants, then you'll not be able to link even your own performance targets to the business. And um, so that aspect of being able to be present in those strategic conversations has really helped me in terms of even my own thinking, um, improving in my own leadership journey, always challenging myself to also look out for best practice and, of course, ensuring that we constantly learn to ensure that we are getting better in an organization. Well, you know, I think what I'm drawing from uh, what you're sharing is that HR strategy ultimately must be built on business strategy because ultimately we, the HR needs to show the impact of, you know, the function on the company's bottom line. And I also love that you talked about, you know, learning and like continuous learning. And I'd want to know about, you know, other skills that, you know, HR should be able to nurture in order to be valuable assets in, you know, worthy of the table, if I must say. Wow. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so one, 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 one key thing that uh, would be able to elevate us as HR leaders into the table, there's that aspect of the corporate governance. And mm -hmm. uh, for you to be able to articulate and understand how leaders at the top think, how does the board think, what do they want to achieve, how do you um, address issues with your own, in your own level of capacity as a leader? How do you need to um, understand um, aspects to do with corporate governance? So for me, in as much as you'll have all these HR skills, you have um, all this knowledge surrounding your practice, if you wish to grow, then it's important for you to understand corporate governance. And of course, being able to uh, have also skills on strategy, but not only the, just understanding what strategy, man, strategic management is, but on the execution. I think for us, we, we always challenged. Uh, once we pitch um, all these uh, initiatives, when we push for certain things to happen, we are always challenged on execution by our board. So it, it pushes us to, to action because you don't want to have all these great ideas, but with nothing tangible to show, even if it's to a, a small percentage, but at least something was done about it that you'd be able to measure or give an account of the achievement. And I think also negotiation skills. <laughs> In HR, you should be able to be a negotiator. Uh, and, and I would look at it in this sense. Uh, you're, you're pushing initiatives that are probably adding a cost to an organization. At the same time, this, the business has a goal to manage costs and um, maybe look at aspects of, yes, if we invest in this, what, what value are we getting? 
So in HR, our challenge is to bring the importance of these intangible aspects of an organization that greatly affect the bottom line. Because sometimes just an employee feeling that they've been acknowledged or their effort has been seen is enough to push them to become better, let's say, in their delivery. But if we only focus on the numbers, then we will not be able to articulate or bring sense um, to the table in terms of the connection between the two. So I feel the biggest task for HR, how well are you able to bring that intangible aspect that doesn't directly touch on the business revenue, but through initiatives that are making it better and constantly pushing for that, then are you able to show the impact it has on the business? So when, when, when there's a correlation of those two, then it becomes uh, better. And I'll give an example because like, let's say when an organization desires a certain behavioral output from an, a staff member, yeah? Like, mm -hmm. let's say you say you want integrity, you want teamwork. This is basically the core values. Then if you don't embed that on what you believe in as an institution, then it becomes harder to even hold anybody accountable because your narrative right from the onset or let's say when you join an organization, it's to articulate what you expect from this particular uh, person. So for me, I feel uh, when, when the people pillar is built right from the strategic level, it's easier to push agendas and also drive for change within an organization, which I said, it can be a journey, but the fact that it has been captured as part of what you desire as an organization makes it easier for us to be able to align and uh, improve on strategies that help to build that particular um, course. Wow, I I really love uh, what you are sharing, Beatrice. I think I'm really having a great time in this conversation. And as you were speaking, I was just re being reminded of I think a podcast that I was listening to the other day, and a person was saying, you know, if you if you're not given a seat at the table, you just have to build your own table. <laughs> and maybe as we wind down our discussion today, I would okay. want to know if you have. Any last words for our listeners today, maybe people who are thinking of how to, you know, get a seat at the table. What would you, your advice be, like for people who want to earn that seat at the table? Okay, thank you for that. And I actually love that because also one of my favorite uh, quotes, this this one that says when you, nowadays uh, the tables don't shift. You take your seat to the table. <laughs> so for you to be for you to be seen, it's no longer about the qualification. It's no longer about um, what you just bring on the table in terms of your expertise. But you need to make that concerted effort to for your presence to be felt. And the presence would be felt especially where there are results that are touching on it. So my for to to leaders that wish to also get a seat on the table as you walk this journey, uh, first of all is to take a note that it's not a walk in the park <laughs> mm -hmm. where you're just walking in and out or imagine you'll just get there without a plan, yeah? So um, my my emphasis would be uh, if you're in an organization maybe that does not have each other at the strategic level, then your starting point is to first show interest in what is happening. To me, that is my number one um, starting point. And ask yourself, how does that affect your role as HR? And what contribution can you make? That is That would be my starting point. Then from there, you have to take initiative 
in assessing the current initiatives that you have, let's say at the HR level or just the business and the extent of the impact it has or has had on the business. So you look at where you are in terms of what it is that you're doing, look at what you would wish to achieve and what you want to, to change. Then I think the other aspect is just to start with the low-lying fruits, um, like engaging people to know their pain points or what they desire. It's as simple as that because those are things that you're able to, to know. Um, simple things like understanding, are they satisfied with your internal service? Um, what improvements can be made? And of course, aligning that now to your own department operations. So the reason is because at that level, those are things within your control. Getting to understand what people feel, those, you don't need any form of approval to get an engagement or know that a staff is unhappy or they want a certain thing to change. Then, of course, as you scale up, you start bringing up now meaningful conversations with the top management with facts. As I'd given an example on, you showing the reason why um, a certain metric is not doing well and the impact it has on the business. So the aim is usually to try and get buy-in uh, from the top leaders in the organization and bringing them into the perspective of now embracing the people agenda. So um, when you talk about, let's say, um, supporting um, things like training, <laughs> it's the biggest fight we have <laughs> in our practice. And uh, it's, it's an investment that is always flagged in most of our costing then I think it is important for you to show the impact it has. So you'll find, um, let's say you're articulating um, or pushing for a budget like for training. The conversation you'd have at the top level would be there. How is it aligned to those particular business objectives? If you're lucky to have a platform or uh, maybe structured trainings, then it is important. Then from HR also to push for that agenda to take place, you make sure you've aligned it to the performance management. So an individual knows that part of my deliverable or part of what I'm required to do is training. But this training is not only looking at the hours. It's affecting my competency. Um, it's likely to impact on um, probably my growth or a qualification requirement that would be measured that can maybe help me to, to get to the next particular level. And of course, aligning to the competency framework. So execution of ideas and follow-up and constant engagement helps us to get the buy-in. For me, that is the bottom line. So if first show interest, make effort, look at your current situation, and then constantly engage. That would be my, 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 my biggest advice <laughs> to us who sit in HR. Yeah. I love that parting shot, which is it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Show interest in what is happening in the organization, take initiative, start with the low hugging fruits, constantly mm -hmm. engage. Wow. Yes. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. We have unfortunately come to the end of our session. Thank you so much, Beatrice, for such an insightful session. I wonder Great. if people wanted to connect with you, where would they find you? On LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Beatrice Gay. Uh -huh. they, they should be able to get in touch. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, basically LinkedIn is my most active channel that I currently use for, especially for professional engagement. Awesome. So to engage with Beatrice more, just go over to her LinkedIn, uh, Beatrice Gay. You will be able to find her there and leave her a DM. 
Once again, thank you everyone for tuning in to the People Champion podcast that's powered by Elevate HR, a cloud-based HR platform tailored for the African market. You can find more exciting conversations from the People Champion podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even Anchor. Also, please make sure you follow Elevate HR on all social media platforms. Till next time, bye!